This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. Hello everybody on Twitch, how y'all doing? Brought to you as always by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. We also have a daily blog and all kinds of other fun media you may want to go and check out. I am your host, Recius, and with me, my main man, the raw dog. The complainy banana today. Yes. You're the, you're the, the, the emotional banana today. <sighs> but uh, thank you all. Day. Yeah, well... If if being an entrepreneur was easy, more people would do it. It's true. It's true. And more people would succeed. Right. Because <laughs> your odds of uh, your odds of making it are not good. Uh, yeah. It's very uplifting. Start to the show. Hey, you know what? It's just you know <laughs> you want to you want some real talk. Um, we obviously have a wholesale business, and um, anybody out there that has a game store that like to carry some of our products. Please reach out to sales at frontlinegaming.org yeah. uh, for mats and terrain and stuff. Right. But uh, we get to see the turnover on the game store industry, and it's it's really high. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be a downer at all, but yeah. it's it's a tough business. Your margins are thin, and uh, it's really easy to make one false move and, and go out of business. I would be willing to bet that if you were to compare statistics. The odds of success in the game store industry are on par or worse than restaurant industry. And the restaurant industry mm-hmm. is known for having the yeah. highest odds of failure. Yes. In, in the entrepreneurial world. Always high overhead. Yeah. And then you, well, your, your, your basic product mm-hmm. is only good for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. That makes it even more difficult. Yeah. You know, so not to be a, a downer, but yeah, it is. It, it's a tough, it's a tough biz. So anyways, that's good. Chin up. Any on a high note. Chin up. And thank you all for supporting us uh, on that note, because without your patronage, we would also go out of business. So thank you for that. Uh, Let's jump in and talk about some of the cool stuff that's going on in the world of tabletop gaming. First of all, uh, Games Workshop has announced a new 40K animated series on the way. It looks pretty good. Uh, Mm -hmm. I am tentatively excited about it. It's featuring uh, Blood Angel Space Marines. Interestingly, they don't look like Primaris space marines, they look like mini marines. They're not, yep. And uh, I've been saying this for years, for like, for as long as I've been playing 40K, I've always been scratching my head going, why don't they have a cartoon or some sort of animated series to draw people in? Mm -hmm. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar, like I'm a huge nerd in general, really, but um, my love for all things nerdy goes way back. And I was a kid that grew up in the 80s and G.I. Joe, Transformers, Thundercats, all those things. Those cartoons were made to sell the toys. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the other way around. They didn't make the cartoon and then they're like, wow, this is popular. Let's make toys. Mm -hmm. The cartoon was a marketing device for the toys. Uh, A show that does a really good example or a job of explaining it is The Toys That Made Us. It's on Netflix. It's a great great uh, documentary series about um, how crazy that business was. They were making ludicrous money, mm-hmm. like 
mind-boggling amounts of money uh, back in the day, you know, the Hasbro and all these companies. Uh, and, and like I said, the, the cartoon was made to sell the toy, not the other way around. Yeah. I think G.I. Joe is the only exception to that, but I actually I believe... I think G.I. Joe... Because they... The no, thing is, no, they did. They were created to sell the toys also. They were produced by the toy companies. Yeah. And then they were made, yeah, to yeah. sell toys because the episodes would come out, the toys would come out. All of them were. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, He-Man, especially He-Man. Yeah. Um, uh, no, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a comic book first. But then it became an animated series. But became, that was also produced by the company that made the toys. Yeah, and they made their yeah. money on the toys. That exactly. was what made them their millions. But yeah. uh, no, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is actually a really interesting story. So, pardon us for going off into the nerdery land here. But uh, the two guys, uh, Laird and Eastman, if I remember the names correctly, I have a copy, uh, a reprint of the original series. The first ones were like impossible to find. They uh, moved in together. Mm-hmm. And they were like basically living like the starving artist life. It was the one guy's girlfriend, his buddy moved in and they wrote that comic together in their apartment um, and uh, basically self-published it, went to a uh, distributed and it immediately was, it was like an overnight sensation. Hmm. Uh, And then they started uh, selling more and more of them, reprinting the original run, uh, coming out with more stories. And then it was like, phenomenal success like instantaneously like as soon as it became a cartoon they started selling toys you know they became wealthy then there was all the funny movies mm-hmm. in the um uh, 90s but yeah it was a really interesting story like they were doing this kind of like crazy thing and uh, the whole idea they were at the, the, the legend goes they're at a bar one guy drew a ninja turtle on a napkin mm-hmm. and the other guy was like that's cool we should do that mm-hmm. it's really interesting i love hearing those kind of stories but um uh at any rate, long story short, having a cartoon to drive something that appeals to kids on some level, it's like there definitely is the grim dark aspect to it. Mm-hmm. I always felt like that would be like one of the best ways to grow their market, uh, to, to get new customers, especially now with uh, the precedent set by like Toonami and um, uh, how popular anime is now. Mm-hmm. And anime is definitely can be for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a, a manga nerd, you know that they have different categories, you know, like young boys, adults, girls, all kinds of stuff. Um, and now that that's, that's already been proven that there's a market for that in the United States, you can make a super adult, grimdark animated series. And I bet people would just gobble it up and you would introduce the, the, the whole concept of the universe of 40K and Age of Sigmar to an entirely new customer base. Mm-hmm. Right, like you could dramatically grow your market share. You could grow yeah. the market, which is even more impressive. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope it's good. Um, the the writing, the, supposedly they're taking like their best Black Library writers to write the script, which is great. Because anybody that saw the Space Marine movie and laughed their asses off at it, the people who wrote that clearly did not know mm-hmm. the lore very well. It was silly, it didn't really make any sense. Um, this should be true to the lore. Yeah. You know, the, that was what was so disappointing about the Space Marine movie. It was like, what is this? Like, why does every Space Marine look like a grandpa? It was like somebody read it. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, they live for like hundreds of years. Well, they must look like old men. You're like, no. Right. <laughs> and then most of the movie, they're running through the mist. And yeah, it was just a weird. It was a dumb. It was a they dumb. got really high caliber voice acting for it, which is interesting. Yeah, they like, did, They spent actually. all their money on that. Yeah. And, um, you know, you need to live and learn. This looks okay. And I mean, the, the part where the chaplain like does like a psychic power right. and like blows everybody up. I was like, what is Good. going well, on? Well, that's what ha- was, should happen. The worst was the half like monkey, like chimpanzee mm-hmm. demon prince at the end. 
I was like, this guy's funny looking. He's not scary. Yeah, it was really bad. And I think we can all really agree. Bad. It was really bad. That was their first attempt, though. Hopefully this... First official attempt. Hopefully this is a nice, a good story. Yeah. And that the animation or the CGI is, is at least, like, passable. Like, yeah. let's shoot for that's the better... Because Let's shoot for better than Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. It looks interesting. It's... Uh, Promising that they said that they're going to be using the Black Library authors because they're all really great and talented. I mean, you're the perpetual pessimist, so not like, on everything, but the um, the animation, the CGI looks a little weird. Um, I'll be 100. I'll be you know it, it, what it reminds me of is like if you watch like Saturday morning cartoons, and like in between those cartoons, they have like little promos like coming up next, and there's like a dancing robot for like little kids. That kind of CGI is what it looks like. And that's what I'm worried about. Because that's where, you, if you're going to spend your money, spend your money on the CGI. It's I mean, great that you're using your, your good at, your authors that are going to write great stories. You know, the guy who, you're using the guy who did uh, Hell's Reach, which was an animation of the audiobook. It looked really good. Yeah. I liked it. So the audio acting was bad. But um, only for, only for, uh, for a couple of the characters. Hellbrecht. Yeah, Hellbrecht himself. Hellbrecht sounded like Skeletor, Skeletor. Skeletor's brother. Like yeah. a constipated Skeletor. It was really bad. It but, was um, really bad. But I think they used yeah, the, the same guy like, to do the oh, gash, right? <laughs> probably. And also uh, Night Hunter. I, oh, I think I'm, so. Yeah, um, I know that probably is. That guy needs to go. Maybe yeah. he's like the brother of the guy who owns the studio. I mean, like, I'm sure that guy's a talented person, yeah. but the voice, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Like, what's my muse? They're like Skeletor. It's like, got it. Got it. Nailed yeah. it. So, right. um, so it's all a lot of good promising things. The cutscenes that they were showing, again, the animation, CGI may be... A little wary. So maybe we'll see. It. I, hope, I hope it is a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see, right? Because this has potential to be amazing and huge yeah. for the hobby. Right. Because right. remember what the video games did. Yeah. So many people. So many people would come in. When I, I used to go to GW stores when I was younger. Dawn of um, War 1. People would come in and they'd say, oh, I played Dawn of War. Yeah. And now I didn't know there was a game. And they would yeah. come in. I've met so many people now who've been playing for years that came in because the hobby. Or people would stumble into a game store. And they would say, oh, this is like Dawn of War. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's an actual miniatures game. And so then they get interested. They look, they buy a couple books, they start playing. So, um, yeah, had, it could be very big if it if they, they do the diligence on it, you know? Yeah, we had a huge insurgence in our game group uh, when Dawn of War 1 came out. Mm -hmm. Like, so many people. I, I'd never seen that many people come into the hobby, right? Like, you have a really good game. It's done well, reflects the IP. Awesome. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, with like Dawn of War three, um, they tried to be like League of Legends or something. Like mm -hmm. the game just didn't go anywhere. I, I, it's like if you're gonna do an RTS, just do an RTS. Yeah. Like don't make it. Uh, I thought the Space Marine, act, the actual Space Marine game, was very good. Frankie it loves very, that game. It was very linear in terms of like it was not an open world. You had to go from point A to point B, and it would yeah. have paths that you moved. But in terms of like the animation was really great. The 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 you felt the weight of being a Space Marine. Yeah. Um, the gun, the sound of the guns, all that kind of stuff was really good. Yeah, that, that one hit yeah. the nail on the head. Uh, it may not have been the most complicated game, but it was definitely fun, and mm -hmm. it, it, it captured the feel. Yeah. Right? And so, like, you know, if we can get the animation from Dawn of War 1, the opening trailer, which is, like, still to this day, it gives me chills. Mm -hmm. Mission accomplished, right? Like, you've done, the, you've, you've, you've done your job. Um, and I think if, if they can get that, I capture that like visceral, like crazy, grimdark feel. Yeah, it's going to be a win. Yeah, and if the story is good, a compelling story, which those guys, right. you know, they've got some amazing writers now. 
Uh, it should be a win, so and, we'll see. Yeah, that would be my takeaway for Games Workshop, you know, is, is don't skimp on the CGI. Like, don't, because that's what people are going to talk about immediately. Yeah. It doesn't matter how the story, how good or bad the story is, that's what people are going to focus on. Well, yeah, and we'll see, right? So here's hoping because if they do it right, it could be absolutely phenomenal. Like, I was always kind of hoping for, like, an animated series maybe that's because i have my roots like a hand-drawn animated yeah. one yeah it i would mean look they don't really do hand-drawn anymore cell animations kind of on the way yeah. of the dodo but yeah because if you ran it on something like adult swim or something like that and and made it just really really cool and compelling mm -hmm. you could grab a massive audience mm -hmm. um but then again you know we're not the ones making these decisions mm -hmm. but we are hoping that it's done well because that would be great for the hobby yeah so we'll see uh, in other news, Age of Sigmar, a very large FAQ. They call it the big FAQ, so you know, what's, uh, you know what it's doing. That recently came out in the last couple of days. Uh, been significant changes made there. Uh, we have uh, our AOS correspondent, Scott, currently writing up uh, a recap of kind of the yeah. highlight reel, what's changed. We have him chained. Chained in a room, doing it. He's off school now because he's a teacher. School he is teacher. a teacher. So now we're like, you got to work for two weeks. <laughs> right because <laughs> being a teacher is so easy fine-tooth comb yeah what is the differences uh but that should be coming out any day now and um uh, looking forward to seeing it we are a little out of touch with um kind of the nitty-gritty we talk about it ourselves but we probably sound like idiots yeah um just been too busy really to keep up with aos at this current stage so i'm looking forward to reading the recap because mm -hmm. i want to know what's going on myself uh, Forge World has released a preview image, uh, pretty cool, it's for Christmas, trying to figure out what it is. My initial thought was that it looked like a some kind of a dwarf with an axe, mm -hmm. like a, like a, uh, maybe it was the white dwarf or a slayer, mm -hmm. but then apparently they said it's for 30k, so I was immediately wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one of our friends pointed out it looks like somebody riding like a wolf or a horse, and I was like, that could totally be a space wolf. It's possible, I mean, look at this, right? If you look at the left, that's a, that's a wolf head. It looks like a wolf head to me. Right. And so uh, that's an axe. It's clearly an axe. So it's something with wolves. Well, look, if you look at what he's, it looks like there's a guy riding but it. But what, what space wolf characters that are in 30K have they not unveiled? There's, Maybe, not, there's not many that are like well-known named characters. I don't know. Maybe they're going to release a, a Thunderwolf character for 30K or something? I was surprised when I when they said for 30K. I was like, oh, wow, 30K is still going. <laughs> that was my first initial reaction. Thanks for that positivity. Yeah. It's a Mariana says it's a, melting it's a melting snowman with an axe. Sure. So it's a green dark snowman. Instead of singing and dancing with children, he uh, chops you up with an axe. It could be funny if it was a snowman. Wasn't there a horror movie that featured a snowman? Yes, several. Oh yeah. That's really stupid. There was the one, the Krampus one with uh, Krampus, whatever, mm -hmm. and it had the, the the guy from um, Parks and Rec who dates the blonde hair girl. Oh, was he in that one? Yeah. Oh. And it was like, they got stuck in like a snow globe or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was really stupid. And then the Krampus would run around like eating people or something. Yeah, it sounds dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, so anyways, that'll be out Christmas. Time. In other news, yeah. uh, we've also got a flash show going on. Uh, mm -hmm. We have some brand new ITC terrain and wow. FLG mats. Plus, we need to make a little room in our warehouse. We have a big shipment coming in in the next couple weeks. And we wanted to liquidate some of our uh, sizes of mats that we still have uh, quite a few of. Mm -hmm. So this is a 25% off flash sale. We've only got like one or two days left in it. And all the mats uh, in the 6x3, 4x4, 3x3, 24x14, which is the display mat, mm -hmm. are currently at 25% off. Uh, not 6x4s uh, because we are running low on inventory there. 
But we also did roll out a brand new uh, cobblestone village ITC terrain. It's amazing. This is uh, some of the most sophisticated terrain we've made yet. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. It's got kind of a medieval or a European village feel to it. And one of the things that is the coolest about it is that they, it all comes apart and it has modeled interiors. So if you are playing a game like an RPG or uh, you know a skirmish scale fantasy game, even Malifaux, bolt action, mm -hmm. anything along those lines, you can pull the roof off, you can pull the levels off, put guys inside. Uh, the church has pews wow. in it. Uh, it's really neat, very fun, very interactive, and it's really easy to paint too. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks really cool, uh, very reasonable price point. Excuse me. And that is at uh, on sale during this uh, flash sale. So if you wanted to grab some, please do save some cash. And you can grab a new mat as well. The uh, Cobblestone Village mat is gorgeous. It's extremely detailed. And um, I like it a lot. It'd be perfect for games like Bolt Action. Exactly. That's oh. the first one that comes to mind. Right. Yeah. And then it's really good for RPGs too. We actually play uh, like Pathfinder and stuff on it. We'll put the buildings out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And the buildings do come in two versions. There's the uh, the you know ruined um, damaged buildings set, which I don't think we have uh, pictures of on there. But uh, and then the the standard. So you can actually mix mix and match if you wanted. Yep. You can do like a village that has some buildings that have been blasted apart, some not. Um, very cool. I've been waiting for this one to come out. We've had these prototypes sitting in our office for a while. Yeah. And I just kept on saying, let's get them out, let's get them out, because like this is, well, you, do. you don't see something, I haven't seen anything like this. Yeah, they're, they're really cool, and uh, they're very affordable, plus we have the bundle deals. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we've been sitting on them for a while, because there was like some issues, we had to make sure that they cut and assembled correctly, and then we got really busy, per usual. Yeah. But it's all good to go, and we will have some of these on the AOS tables for uh, LVO as well. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool, and can't wait to see people's reactions, because they look excellent on the table. They do. So, big news, we rolled out the updated ITC slash LVO 40K updates this week. This is a project we've been working on for most of the year. Uh, a lot of this kind of came as a response to, you know, things that happened at the LVO 2018 and then, you know, some of the incidents we've had uh, with, like, sportsmanship, which is never fun. It's not even really fun to talk about it, but it does. It is an issue and it is something that needs to be addressed. The community basically asked us uh, and when I say us I, I don't mean just us at Frontline Gaming like they asked the community of tournament organizers to do something and uh, we said okay mm -hmm. so we kind of drew everybody together uh, there was over 200 tournament organizers from around the world we had a lot of help from the, the ETC judges um, where they deal with you know ultra high level um, uh, they have to deal with people who are, are competing very fiercely and sometimes uh you know negative things can can be brought out in people although from everything i've been told the etc games are usually super fun and, and, and laid back and uh they had a lot of really good insights plus all the tos that are part of the itc community which if you are an itc tournament organizer we do have a facebook group it is a private group so please ping me and we'll get you in there uh, and that's where we talk about all these kinds of ideas and fun stuff without having to worry about people you know piping in with ideas and comments when they're, they're not an organizer and they can sometimes be obnoxious. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's, a, it's a place where people who are kind of all have skin in the game can talk and share ideas. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of this uh, came from with the uh, Code of Conduct. And uh, it's been really well received. Of course, we knew this would happen. There's people who are, who are trying to poke holes in it, not in a malicious way, really. It's just the nature of the beast. Gamers are always looking to game the system. And no system, when you're talking about something abstract like behavior, is ever going to be perfect? 
It's just not um, the the idea of it is uh, to empower the judges uh, out there to have a system that they can point to to use that as leverage to, uh, uh, without lack of a better word, to punish players who are behaving in a way that's not appropriate. Um, again, it's not fun to talk about that. We're all adults here, mm-hmm. and it's like, I wish it wasn't necessary, but unfortunately it is. Yeah. And sometimes people who can be really chill and, and cool people um, in, the, high, in, the, in the, the, the heat of the moment can lose sight of what the hobby is about. The hobby is about camaraderie and friendship and friendly competition, and they can start behaving in a way that's not super cool. Mm-hmm. So that's what this system is for. Uh, some people have taken a look at it and going like, oh, but I can use this to try to manipulate the system to actually use it against somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, the very first, you know, the very first rules in it are if you try and manipulate the system, you're, you're going to be the one that the hammer comes down on, right? So it empowers the judges. It gives everybody kind of a baseline. Again, you do not have to use this document if you're in the ITC. It is total, just like everything about the ITC. It's optional. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the judges who helped create it are already on board. And uh, uh, basically, in a nutshell, what it, what it does is if someone is behaving poorly, uh, the judge can issue them a yellow card. And if they're really behaving poorly, if they can persist in this behavior after being warned, they can get a red card. With a red card, you're usually going to be ejected from the event. And uh, it's broadcast to all the other uh, tournament organizers in the system. And uh, if they know you have a red card, they can opt to say, for our next event, you, you can't come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gives kind of like a support system for that, right? It's something we're all agreeing to. And it should help, right? It should help quite a bit. And if you're out there and you've been maybe a little intimidated by the tournament experience because you've heard of some of these incidents where people were behaving themselves in a way that wasn't appropriate, uh, even though that bar- it barely ever happens, yeah. <clears throat> right? Like a deal deal, there's literally thousands of games played. Mm-hmm. But the one that gets talked about the most is the one in which somebody was being lame. Right. And... Um, this gives a tool set to combat that, yeah. right? So if you are out there and you are maybe a little apprehensive about going to an event, whether it's the LVO or any other event, mm-hmm. now you can feel confident that you'll know what to expect and you can know what to expect will happen if someone's being a jerk. Yeah, um, And that's it, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. We want, we want everybody to come and have fun, but then to show each other a little bit of mutual respect. And that's that's what this is about. Right. So, Yeah, it's good. It's nice to have something official uh, that people can look to, like if there are issues, like you said, somebody's being, you know, a certain way at an event, um, obviously being disruptive, being abusive, um, they can, there is something now that can say, look at this, you see the official rules, this is what we're playing by, you know what I mean? It's not just somebody saying, well, these are my rules, you know, and, and sometimes people can be intimidated by other people and they don't yeah. want, it's hard for them to confront an individual if there's not like an official backing like hey these are the official rules and you're agreeing to these by coming to an itc event if they choose to use them yeah indeed and then and then we can get involved if we have to right uh x3 letter i whatever numbers letters Mm -hmm. uh uh, this is the question that i think everybody would ask would tony be in violation of the code of conduct Mm -hmm. um again we empower the judges to make the decision on the spot and if a judge was there observing that um i would say that in all likelihood yes Tony would have gotten probably a yellow card in that instance, perhaps even more. Um, and then again, we're empowering the judges to take action in those sort of situations. And you need to trust your judges, mm-hmm. right? And uh, communicate with them. But um, 
the, the power is being placed in the hands of the judges to make those kind of calls on the spot. Like, we don't want to get caught up in the minutia of, like, exactly the letter of every little rule because that's how you can end up with a situation where it gets twisted. It's, it's a guideline for conduct with a system of, of um, punishments, and it empowers the judge to make the call. Mm-hmm. Right, and those are guidelines that the judges are going to use uh, in order to do that. So, um, it needed to happen. I wish it wasn't necessary, but we got it done. Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to be a learning process. We're going to fine tune it as we go, and uh, yeah, like mm-hmm. so. That is what it is. In, in 99% of the games played, it won't even come up. It won't be an issue. It won't even be something that's even the players are even aware of. Mm-hmm. But in that one percent of games where you know, tippers, flare, or whatever, it's going to pr- provide a tool set to put a stop to yeah. it. But we want these to be, I think everybody wants tournament environments to be conducive towards the growth of the hobby, right? So you don't want people there screaming, yelling, smashing models. There's all these things that are addressed in it because we want these to be a positive experience for people who might be going for the first time or somebody who might be observing it who's on the fence about whether they want to join the community or not. Yeah, right? exactly. That's the last thing you want is somebody who's there and they see somebody explode, screaming, yelling, smashing models, whatever. Um, and then they're like, I don't want anything to do yeah. with this. And then we just lost a potential, um, somebody who's going to strengthen our, our community. Yeah, you know? exactly. So it's just important that people can just behave you know, in a, in a reasonable manner. I don't think it's too much to ask. And now we have something official saying this is how to do it. Right, exactly. And it's like, as we all know, the majority of people do behave in a reasonable yes. manner. And the majority of people are nice. Yes, of the thousands and thousands and thousands of games that are played every year in the ITC or out of the ITC, just you know, anywhere, there's a very small percentage of games that are there's problems with, but those, but, are, the but those are the ones that you hear about because everyone love yeah. people love to talk about yeah, it. People like drama, but nobody wants to talk about the great games. You don't want a couple of bullies to make the game not fun. Yeah, uh, and I'm not insinuating anybody specifically. I'm just using that as a general statement. Yeah, right. And this is a tool set that goes: if you persist in this behavior, mm-hmm. you know what is going to happen to you, and it's going to be pretty severe. Yeah you're probably not going to be allowed to come to quite a few events and your season's going to get, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in it for the points, if you're in it to win it, you're not going to. Yeah. Right? That's a severe <clears throat> but fair uh, system. Mm-hmm. Whereas if someone who is in the past perhaps developed a poor reputation, this is a chance to redeem yourself. Mm-hmm. If you can go to a couple of events, not get carded, Mm-hmm. Now you can point at that and go, look, I am making progress, yeah. right? There's actual there, There's proof. proof. I have gone been... to several events without any incidents. Look, there's nothing. Exactly. This is a chance for redemption. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing but a positive. Right. Uh, and phase that just... up. Is there anything to stop two Dominus Knights? <laughs> Unfortunately, no, not yet. Um, Recio could. Recio could do it. He's the hero we need. Uh, yeah, but not that we deserve. And also get rid of Tau. <laughs> sure, he's, that's useless, what he's off doing. Useless faction. Uh, Asterisk 1984, this can only better tournaments, I agree. Uh, it was necessary, as, as dumb as it is. Just some people right. have been incapable of conducting themselves in a civil manner, and it, it, it just became necessary. Yeah. Uh, and it all boils down to the same thing. Just be a nice person. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Just like, don't be a dick. Come play Warhammer. Yeah. Don't, don't try to game the system. Don't try to do shenanigans. Don't try to cheat. Don't try and bully your Don't try opponent. to be a bully because someone's going to be a bigger bully than you at some point. Yeah. Don't do it. Just yeah. go and play with your army men. Try and win just by being better at the game. <laughs> I, I just—it's hard for me as a person yeah. to understand because I just my personality. I don't 
I've never had I've never had a bad game. Yeah, it doesn't matter who I play against. I, I I can count on one hand the number of times I've had a poor game, yeah. and uh, it really does kind of put a bad taste in your mouth. And we want to get rid of that. We don't want that to happen. Right. So uh, anyway, enough about that. Like yeah. I think we've it's, covered. It's that. good for the hobby. It is. I think most people are happy. About it, it is. And then, uh, on that note too, of course, we do have the uh, time clock rules yeah. and then because the number one sportsmanship complaint always is yeah. i got slow played mm -hmm. so now with, with with clocks yeah with with some guidelines for how to conduct yourself and what will happen if you don't mm -hmm. that's going to help a lot right like that's going to eliminate the main kind of like gray fuzzy area of human interaction mm -hmm. that should tighten it up and just the the, the the knowledge that there will be consequences that should change things by itself hopefully right um, and then moving on past that, uh, we also did roll out some train guidelines. Um, this is something that I've been meaning to do. It's, I've been working on it kind of off and on for quite a while. And then quite a, a number of people asked about it. And really what brought, what, what kind of kicked me in the butt to finish the project. Mm -hmm. uh, at the SoCal Open, we had quite a few people coming from not local. Mm -hmm. And of course, at the SoCal Open, the terrain we used like half of the tables were ITC terrain. Mm -hmm. So there was quite a few people who this was a totally new experience for them. Mm -hmm. And it really <clears throat> illustrated to me, okay, I've been making too many assumptions that people understand how to use the terrain. And then, you know, at the LVO this year, um, we had a, some incidences where people didn't understand how to use the terrain exactly and it was causing some, uh, some conflict. Mm -hmm. That's not fun. Like, you don't want to come to an event and then try to figure out how to use the terrain. Right. Um, you want to come to an event and focus on playing the best game you can and having fun. Mm -hmm. So um, we, this isn't like the, the final version. The goal is at the LVO um, to have some laminated handouts that, that won't be on every single table, but we're going to distribute them around. Mm -hmm. And it'll show you like how to set the train up, how to play it. Um, that's a pretty big project. And I'm, I, I sincerely hope I get it done for all, for all mm -hmm. the different kinds of tables that we have. Um, I will do my best on that but in the meantime we rolled out the general guidelines and really all it is doing is just clarifying some stuff a lot of the things in the guidelines are actually just reiterating things from the book because mm -hmm. the the issue with terrain is that <clears throat> I, i've traveled all around the world playing 40k and every group every local group has slightly different very like interpretations of how you play terrain mm -hmm. like in some places the the biggest one i've always seen is that it, uh, a lot of in a lot of places people play hills as giving you cover, but it, that has literally never been a thing in the book, ever. I have no idea where it came from. Uh, it's not like a bad thing. Like if everybody agrees to play it that way, that's fine. But it's literally never been a rule in the game. Right. But people are like, oh, I'm on a hill, I get cover. And you're like, you realize it's easier to shoot you if you're standing on a hill. Yeah, they have like a wraith nine on a hill. Yeah. yeah, well, because people were just interpreting a hill as area terrain. As area terrain, yeah. which isn't even a thing anymore, right? Like that's yeah. like, th and that's what I'm talking about. Like. The terrain rules in the game have, have always been left a little ambiguous, and yeah. uh, it kind of as we move towards more and more standardization, which is good for match play. Um, you need to address these things, so we basically just wrote up a document that we've been working on for a while and tried to outline some of like just the you know the basic stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like if you see a terrain piece that looks like this, how do you play it? Okay, we have a lot of these. It's uh, you know impassable terrain. We have a lot of these treat it like a hill. Mm -hmm. Like our cargo containers, we just play them as hills. Um, you know, we've had instances where people, because of the, the recent FAQ, to be fair, mm -hmm. would put something on a cargo container and be like, oh, you can't charge me. And I'm like, no, it's, you know, that's not the way we do it. Right. But to be fair, how is that person supposed to know that in advance? Right. 
Yeah, and I'm very happy that this has come out. Again, for me, I've always interpreted the terrain and everything and, and, and how to play the terrain on the table is the very simple rule is if you think that you interact in a way with the terrain that makes it so your opponent cannot interact with you whatsoever, you are probably wrong in your yeah. assumption, right? Like I, I landed on a cargo container, you cannot assault me because I'm on it. That's obviously probably not correct. Or yeah. like I'm, I'm flying into this room and you can't... You, you, that's how I've always played the game. A lot of people that I know play the game that way. I'm coming from that background. Yeah. So sometimes these things that, you know, you and Frankie are working on, I, I mean, I'm in the office to kind of do my thing. I hear you guys talking. I'm like, what? People actually think that way? But yeah, they do. And it, and it needed the same with the, the code of conduct. It needed to be actually written out. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's just it, it has like, to be. Because it has to be. Because not everybody feels the same way that yeah. I might feel, that you might feel, things like that. And the majority of people, again, like the vast majority of people who are coming to the table are going to work it out between themselves. They're not right. even going to read. You talk about it before the game guidelines. starts. Yeah. What is that? Is that yeah. a rune? Can I go on that? Yes, but you can't see out of it. Okay. I guarantee the majority of tables playing mm -hmm. aren't even going to reference the terrain no. guidelines. They're just going to figure it out and they're going to have a fun game. Yes. But that's not Again, the that's vast majority. Yeah. We will hear, hear what we will get involved in is the one or two percent it's where it's, everyone gets involved and it becomes a big thing it's the it's the games where they didn't define it in advance <clears throat> maybe they didn't read the guidelines right uh and then they come into it with two different interpretations but they don't it doesn't come up in the game until it's a problem right. and then people get upset yeah right and that's why you should always discuss the train before you play but it doesn't always happen mm -hmm. and so here we go here's a document that you default to yeah in the instance where you're at that impasse mm -hmm. well no i'm on a cargo container you can't charge me or, yes i can yeah. no you can't well yeah actually according to our training guidelines yes you can yes right so yes and yeah. now there is an actual guideline it doesn't matter i mean like you should always discuss what's going on but now you can't say you know let's say somebody says hey that that um that ruin is that a ruin yes can you see out of it? Yes. And then later in the game, your opponent's like, oh, no, no, I don't think you can. Yeah. Well, here it is. Yes, I can. Yeah. Or no, I can't. Exactly. You know, so now it's just, it's good for that because of those very small number of games where this comes up and you said it, you spelled it out exactly. It's only an issue when it becomes one. Yeah. It's almost never one. It's just something where the game's on the line. Somebody is upset because it's going to make them not win. And then it becomes an issue. And it was because their expectation going into it was something different. Yes. Right. And so that's what the, the purpose of these guidelines is for. Really, it's all—it's almost all just common sense stuff. It's mm -hmm. the way most people play the game, anyway. Mm -hmm. um, we did do—we did make a couple deviations from kind of like book standard, and why? Why did we do this? Mm -hmm. uh, for one, we have a lot of multi-level ruins, uh, whether they're GW or ITC. There's a misconception. People think every single table at our events is ITC terrain. That's not true. Mm -hmm. It's about 50-50. About half of our tables are almost all GW terrain, about half of them are all ITC terrain. But almost every single table on um, um, our, uh, ta our tables on our tables, mm -hmm. almost every single terrain layout on our tables has multiple multi-level ruins. Mm -hmm. Why do I bring this up? The vast majority of big tournaments in the world mm -hmm. do not have multi-level ruins. And the reason why is because it's really, really expensive to get them. Um, like, for example, uh, Nova has really cool terrain. Um, they don't really have very many multi-level ruins uh, and it makes it easier. It's, it's largely a two-dimensional uh, playing space. Like Adepticon has absolutely beautiful terrain. They don't have a lot of multi-level ruins. It's a lot of um, big pieces of terrain that kind of have like trees and uh, perhaps mm -hmm. a building on it, but it's not a multi-level building. It's just a one-story building. So a lot of these issues don't actually come up. Uh, the the 
the LGT terrain is another good example of that. I know it's, it wasn't the most beautiful terrain, it was, it was functional, but I mean, it was basically you have hills, L-shape formations, and uh, some area terrain, and that's it. It's largely a two-dimensional game. Uh, and then with, with our tables, it's, it's not at all that way. It's very much a three-dimensional game. So we decided to deviate uh, from the, the FAQ very consciously. The way the FAQ is written currently, uh, if you can't fit a model up a level of a ruin, you can't actually charge up a level of a ruin. Um, it's a very controversial rule, mm -hmm. but it straight up wouldn't function on our tables because there are so many uh, terrain pieces that have two, three, four levels that are big. Mm -hmm. And if you are denying the ability for like people to go up there, you could literally have your whole army up off the ground level unassaultable. Mm -hmm. That's not an acceptable situation. Yes. Uh, so we we had we, we felt we had to deviate from that and uh, basically just use wobbly model to uh, make those kinds of assaults. Um, we did further define, I already talked about the cargo container issue because we have, we probably have a thousand cargo containers, I think at this point. Mm -hmm. They're all over our tables and people did, are they impassable? Like, what? how do I do it? Just treat it as a hill. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to charge somebody standing on one, just get as close as you can, easy peasy. That's what most people do anyway through mm -hmm. observation. Uh, but now it kind of eliminates, it closes that whole like, no, just standing on a box doesn't make you immune to assault, you know. Mm -hmm. Although the FAQ does indicate that that could be the case depending on how you define it, so fair enough. Uh, we close that loophole. We have a lot of hills that models won't actually stand on. They're kind of like more of like a ridge. Mm -hmm. And we just we just clarified it like, hey, it's it's impassable. I've seen people try and balancing like tanks on them and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, nah. Yeah. Yeah, let's just make this easy. Just line of sight blocking. Use yeah. it for what it is. Yeah. And then the big one, the one that's causing like, you know, some conversation online is that we, we put a further designation on a ruin that forms a box as an enclosed ruin. It's just a root word we made up. Uh, and, you know, some people have had mixed reactions to it. Um, the thing is that the enclosed ruin, we only did that to specify, to make one additional change, which is uh, an enclosed ruin, which is basically a box. Mm -hmm. Raw, the way the rules are written of the game right now, a flyer, and this happened at SoCal Open, I've, I've seen people do it, and it's, it's absurd, mm -hmm. quite frankly, <clears throat> could literally fly into the building because the way the rules are written, um, they ignore terrain and other models, and if you end your move and you physically fit in it, which our build, some of our buildings are so big, you can, mm -hmm. um, you can literally like fly a jet into a building, mm -hmm. which is so silly, and it was one of those like rules loopholes, it was raw versus dry. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, 99% certain that that was not ever the intent uh, of the rule to allow, like, uh, at SoCal Open, we had a, um, a wave serpent fly into a building and it actually fit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is not what we meant uh, with these terrain pieces. So we, we did add in a house rule that if you have the fly keyword and you're not able to normally pass through the wall of a ruin, you can't end your move inside of an enclosed ruin. Um, and it's just to prevent these kind of weird things because people are getting upset. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? You can fly mm -hmm. a tank into this building. Yeah. It was just silly, right? So um, that's it. That's all an enclosed ruin is. I know some people are, are kind of making a little bit of a stink about it, but that's literally all it is. Uh, it's a ruin played exactly the way you would play a ruin in the book. It just so happens to form an enclosed space. That's it. So... If you took the enclosed ruin word, threw it out the window, imagine it never got brought up, you would play that piece of terrain exactly the way the book tells you to. No change. Mm -hmm. It's no different. 
the only thing we said is that yeah you can't like magically fly in and out of it if you normally couldn't fit but like things like jump infantry and such mm -hmm. can go into a problem um, i know some people brought up some some valid concerns like oh my my tau crisis suit can't get in there and i'm like yeah you're right but you couldn't anyway before um unless you had some means of totally bypassing the wall and the unit inside to somehow get behind them or something like that. Mm -hmm. so it really is nothing has changed. Yeah. Um, but Recio had to put that in though for the, the Tau crisis suits. Indeed. It's really important. And, it, and yeah. the, the other thing that it's important to note is like, um, well, I do get it. People are having a reaction to it and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to react to it how they see fit. Mm -hmm. We've literally been playing it this way the entire edition and it has not been an issue. Mm -hmm. All we did was write it down. Uh, so that people who are not familiar with it could could understand. And further, uh, some people have a misconception. There are not enclosed ruins on every table. I would say like one in three tables mm -hmm. actually has what we would consider to be fully enclosed ruins. And if you want a better definition of it, go read the blog post on frontlinegaming.org. Mm -hmm. Check it out. We have lots of pictures illustrating all this stuff. Um, and it makes it very clear. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and, you know what? You can also play on Planet Bowling Ball if you'd like to and see yeah. how that works out for you. Yeah. It's not, not going to be that great. Yeah, and it's... You know? it, it, bear in mind, like, we've had this terrain for years, mm -hmm. right? Like, the rules for terrain changed. Our terrain didn't change, right? Like, like we've just been doing it this way because it looks cool. Our tables are absolutely gorgeous. I'm so proud of the hard work we've put into it and the tens of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. and literally thousands of hours of work. And the tables look amazing. And that, that, you know, for the, for the vast majority of you come to the tournament, that's more important mm -hmm. than some, you know, like the, impacting the game in a slight way. So bear in mind, too, that you can't put uh, objectives inside enclosed ruins. That's, that's been a rule all edition. Mm -hmm. um, so just get used to it. Uh, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion on it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's really not that big of a deal. It hasn't really changed anything. But let, let's jump into chat and see if uh, anybody has any questions about it. I want to make sure I'm being thorough. Where's RVD? <laughs> I know he's there. Yukon hmm. uh, doll, that's actually covered in the code of conduct. Dice etiquette is actually in there because mm -hmm. one of the one I would say that by a mile, the number one complaint is slow play. Number two is uh, people rolling dice but not declaring it, mm -hmm. and then going, "Oh yeah, that was something good or bad, depending on the outcome of the dice." Um, so that that's actually addressed in the code of conduct. Um, a lot of them are actually talking to each other. It's hard to pick up. Um, focused water. Uh, could you have your whole mortar equipped guard army immune to line of sight shooting? What? Could you have your whole mortar? Oh, like that must be a dig at like being able to shoot mortars out of ruins. Yeah, I mean that's silly, though, yes. right? But I like, agree that it's silly. It is silly, but I use I mean, it. Whatever. We're trying not. We're <laughs> trying to modify things as little as possible, and it's really just working around yeah. the reality of the terrain that we have. Mm -hmm. Right, that's not going to change. Like it's it's literally not possible yeah. unless I had an army of a hundred people and a ton of money to go like change every single building, which I have no desire to do anyway. I love our terrain, um, but uh, I mean, focus water. Could you put an entire guard army inside? I think what you're saying well, is it's a dig at not being able to shoot units that are on the first floor of a ruin because it's blocks line of sight, but then warders can actually shoot at They can sit in there and yeah, shoot I mean, Yeah, I mean, you, there's no table that we have that has enough of it in your deployment zone mm -hmm. to put a whole army in. That's impossible. Yeah. You can have a couple of units that could be on a line of sight, but the thing is, mm -hmm. if you have the exact same guard, guard martyr team behind a hill, it's the same thing. You can't see them. You can't, mm -hmm. uh, it's actually more difficult to assault them in some cases. 
And uh, unless you have some means of getting behind them, mm-hmm. which with a guard army, they're going to be zoning you out usually anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a net zero change. You still can't see them, but they can shoot you with a mortar. I, I don't... That, that's definitely not a realistic concern. I think theoretically I understand where you're coming from, but that is not going to... In reality, that is not going to happen. You're not going to be able to fit your whole army in one building. Mm-hmm. I, especially not a guard army. That's very unrealistic. And if they're all hiding inside of buildings, they're not scoring objectives anyway. They're mm-hmm. shooting you with a mortar. What do you care? It's not that big of a deal. Um, Ghost Valley, yeah. You house rule it that you can't hold an objective um, when you have a unit in an enclosed room. So the way we play it, that's a cool rule and I totally see it. But um, if you have a like an objective next to an enclosed room, the unit inside can hold it through the wall. Mm-hmm. But big deal, you can just run up and take it away from them. Like mm-hmm. it's, because uh, we, I mean, of course we play on this train all the time. Like every time we play 40K, it's really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are just kind of like doing a what if scenario, but it, it doesn't really come up in reality. Um, uh, Uconda, okay, cool, things. Yeah, people are not declaring so annoying. Yeah, uh, we put that in because that was one of the most common complaints. Uh, if it's enclosed and crisis suits can't land it, how can a mortar shoot out? Todd, I don't understand what you're asking. Um, yeah, unfortunately, crisis suits don't have the infantry keyword, so they can't pass through the walls of ruins. Um, well, they can, but it gets a little weird anyway. Uh, the, the issue really is the rules for ruins, right? Mm-hmm. Like they became, in the 8th edition, they became a lot more restrictive for what can interact with them and what cannot. Um, so there is that. And the other thing to point out too is that if there are openings in the building that are big enough for a model to go through, you can actually go into it regardless of what unit type you are. The perfect example, our giant cathedral building on the Gothic uh, ruins tables, a knight can actually walk into the building, mm-hmm. um, depending on the, the type of knight. Some of the Sarasus knights are too tall. but uh, So you can interact, you can go into it, but um, there are certain circumstances where, uh, you know, an infantry unit inside of a building, you won't be able to shoot it or charge it, mm-hmm. um, depending on what kind of unit you are. Uh, and the other thing to bear in mind as well is if, if the infantry unit is within an inch of the outside edge of the wall, mm-hmm. any unit in the game can charge them because you'll end up within an inch. So uh, they have to, the building has to be big enough for them to be fully in it and more than an inch away from the wall. Uh, and then the, the, the other takeaway here too is knowing this, perhaps bring some units in your army that can go into buildings. Mm-hmm. That'd yep. be a good plan. All around, well-rounded list. T Silver, yeah, that's been a rule since 8th edition. We've had, that's been a rule for ITC guidelines uh, since 8th edition came out. Uh, Ghost Valley says destroyers are infantry. Yeah, uh, that is true. They're really good on our terrain. Mm-hmm. It does, does give them a little bit of a boost because they can jump in and out of it and all kinds of stuff. Yep. Uh, does anybody else have any questions about that? I know there's been some chatter online, but... I think largely it's been based in people not fully understanding what to expect, which is understandable. Because it's it really does not have that big of an impact no. on, on play. And the last uh, topic for this rollout, and this is a big deal, the uh, BCP guys have finished their list reading software, the portion of the app. So again, go check out their site, go check out the blog post on frontlinegaming.org. It explains to you uh, exactly how to do it. I know uh, some people have been a little confused because it's new. I get it. But basically what it is, we took the ETC format, we simplified it a bit, um, although you can submit your list in the full ETC format. 
and uh, the spider, the software program that the BCP guys wrote will still read it. Mm -hmm. But essentially what it is, is that you only need a word processor. So literally anyone with a computer can do this. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a specific syntax that you have to write your list in. And why that is, is because the, 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 those are keys that the program needs to read in order to understand what your list says, right? And that way you have to submit it in that specific format. This program reads all the data off your list, loads it up into a database, and then we get insane levels of information. Um, it's gonna be really exciting. So we'll be able to see what units people are taking, what detachments people are taking, war gear even. Um, and then they'll get to a point where it's gonna auto verify your list. Mm -hmm. It'll be able to tell, you know, if you're not doing something correctly. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. Mm -hmm. So this is the first step. Um, go and read the blog post. We have a time limit. You have to get your list uploaded. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, but um, I believe I believe it is two weeks before. I can't remember off the top of my head. I apologize. But go check the, uh, the update post and it'll give you the date. Um, also, if you are looking to get some points, Make sure you read the deadline to uh, upload scores. It's gonna be the Monday before uh, LVO by midnight Eastern Pacific time, or Eastern time, excuse me. Uh, that is the deadline to get points uploaded. So if your TO hasn't done it yet, go bug them. Make sure that they get all your results uploaded because anything after that, we're not gonna accept it. Uh, and that could have a big impact on your score. So make sure you get all your results in by uh, midnight Eastern on Monday before the LVO. And lastly, the cutoff date, uh, we're gonna do the 30 days window. Mm -hmm. uh, no new material will be allowed 30 days before the event, which would be uh, January 8th. Okay. So we're, we're coming in the last couple of weeks for new material. Mm -hmm. Woo, that was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. A lot of a lot. info over the weekend. Yeah, yep. it was, but uh, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, talk about Chapter Prude and Vigilance a little bit more. It's um, People are starting to settle into it. Uh, I think some of the really strong emotional reactions are dying down a little bit. Um, I'm starting to see a lot of, a lot of folks, um, instead of being hyper-focused on you know, one war gear item or one unit that they were disappointed that the points didn't change or didn't change enough, people are starting to look at it holistically in terms of how did my list change, mm -hmm. which is, the, in my opinion, the right way to do it. And I'm starting to see a lot of the positivity coming out, which is great. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, I got 150 extra points on my list. Mm -hmm. um, I think people are starting to also see that, you know, the complaint of, well, everyone got their points reduced, so it's a net zero change is false, because that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. Only the uh, uh, underperforming units changed. And I know not everybody would be like, not all of them. I don't agree. And that's fine. Everyone can have their own opinion. But uh, the GW developers, the units they felt should change did change. And they were almost all, I think we can agree, underperforming. Mm. So it's really exciting. And then just last night, uh, Frankie played a league game against a gentleman who had a, um, a really strong army that featured a lot of Adeptus Mechanicus. It was mostly Admech. Mm -hmm. And uh, Frankie <laughs> was playing his Death Guard army, which he does really well with. And uh, Frankie got stomped. Mm -hmm. Uh, he did. He got crushed. So, Very disappointing. Yeah, we all were making fun of him. Yeah. But uh, I think Admech, people are going to be mm -hmm. very excited to put those models back on the table. Yeah, I have to play that same opponent um, tomorrow. I, I don't think I draw, yeah. have him in mind. Mm -hmm. what? It was uh, not Sean, right? It was Chris. Chris, Chris yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I don't play him. Mm -hmm. I'll dodge that bullet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how it goes. Yeah. I have uh, my first game today. Good. Well, good yeah. luck. So. 
so it's it's cool to see people kind of kind of chilling out a little bit like and again if you are disappointed that's your prerogative but as as i've been saying try to take a step back and not have such an emotional reaction and try to look at it from maybe a little bit more of a, a bigger picture perspective mm -hmm. and i think you'll see that the the underperforming army's got a boost uh, and that the, the armies that were already performing well, the lists and units that were already performing well didn't, or they went up. Mm -hmm. um, and then you might be an unfortunate chaos player that had a lot of cultists and your list went up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, can't win them all. But well, you know, if you GW takes note of things that people yeah. are are using a lot of and abusing for certain mechanics. And yeah, and yeah. to be fair, the 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 chaos horde army was one of the best armies in the game, mm -hmm. right? Like, and it wasn't just about the individual model. It's how you were able to use them yeah. in conjunction with all the other things that made it to be a bit much. A bit much, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like the, uh, the the Chaos Horde army with the Cultists and the Zangers was one of the best armies in the game. Mm -hmm. So you can really make the argument that it needed to get reined in just a little bit, just like the, the Castellan list mm -hmm. needed to get reined in, and it did. Um, so, you know, whether or not we like all the changes or not, like the, the intent was to balance the game or to achieve a closer sense of balance. And I know not everybody agrees with that, but that, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see it. And I'm really excited to see what it's going to do for the meta <clears throat> coming into the LVO. I think we're going to have some really like some dark horses pop up in regards to lists that are just going to catch people off guard because um, the run up, it's long enough to kind of like catch some of these new combos and in, in, in exciting list ideas, but maybe not long enough for it to come into the, the collective consciousness of match play gamers. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be really exciting. I have a feeling that we're going to have a couple lists in the final eight at the LVO that are going to, people are just going to be like, what? Mm -hmm. So, and that's cool. I yeah. like that. I like to see that, that, that variety because the, the intent was to level the playing field to get more variety. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that has been achieved. We'll see. We'll see. I hope everyone out there is enjoying chapter proof. You want to scroll down a little bit there? Pot now. So ITC, unsurprisingly, considering it's Christmas coming <coughs> up, barely any events going on this mm -hmm. weekend. Um, I will be in Idaho and Boise. If anybody's around and wants to hang out, let me know. And uh, we've got a couple events. Check it out. If you're uh, hardcore and you want to go pick up some points over the Christmas <laughs> on the weekend, yeah. weekend, go for it and have a good time. But yeah, the, the, the season always slows down between now and the new year. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it's going to be pretty quiet from here on out. It's good. But uh, here's your current... It's a breather. Yeah, it, it, was nice. it yeah. is nice to get a little bit of a breather. Uh, here's your current top five going into the home stretch. We got Nick Nanavati continues to lead the pack, followed very closely by Mike Porter of the UK. Trent Northington in third. Nick Rose moves into fourth. Matt Root hangs on to the top five in that fifth place spot. Hobby track. Matthew Bodnarchuk continues to lead the pack, although he has five scores and the next uh, four people in the top five don't. Mm -hmm. So the LVO is really going to shake this up. Mm -hmm. Scott Rumpel is in second. Michael Ralston in third, James Kelling in fourth, Lou Rollins in fifth, the Age of Sigmar uh, ITC top five, Joe Cryer continues to lead the pack, but again, he's the only one with a major score in there, so it's going to be really interesting to see how this shakes up at the LVO. Jeremy Vessier, the French Overlord, is in second, Matt Pashby in third, James Thomas in fourth, Bill Souza, Captain America currently for the AOS right. ETC team, is in fifth. Hobby track, AOS, we've got Sid Singh leading the pack. Philip Verdusco in second, Josh Lara in third, Ben Nelson in fourth, and Joe Halifacker in fifth. Shadespire, current top five. Mike Kors leads the pack, followed by Andrew Everhart. Adam Brazil, Brazil in third, mm -hmm. Brandon Ulick in fourth, and Matt Everhart in fifth. 
Can't wait to Very see cool. that get shaken up too. Yeah, we have one more big event for the year. Pretty much the LBO, yeah. right? Nice. And this is up. the first year that's been on there, so pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's really night. exciting. Yeah. Let's take a look at this recently completed commission uh, from the FLG Paint CEO. It came out really, really good. It did. So uh, I don't know if these are up or not. People are looking at them. Um, this is a smaller part of a larger commission, uh, the demonic portion. Uh, and it was done in uh, the Nurgle. Obviously, we have a bunch of uh, plague bears and a custom uh, Nurgle Demon Prince, um, which is a uh, kit bash from lots of different kits from the, uh, the Nurgle range. Uh, this is all Tabletop Plus. Um, very beautiful um, custom scheme. You know, we worked with the client personally on exactly what he was going for. Um, yeah. Pictures speak for themselves, especially the Demon Prince. Yeah. Yeah, the guy, and, and this is one of the cool things about our artists is like the client had kind of a loose idea of what he wanted. Um, the artist came up with this, showed him the concept, the photos. You know, it's a mixture of a kit bash, but also there's green stuffing going on. Um, and the client was floored. Obviously, it looks fantastic. I don't know. I haven't seen one like this before. No, it's you know awesome. I mean? And then this picture doesn't even show the back. It has a big thorax in the back as well. He looks like <laughs> a big like, fly man. And that's what that's what the theme of the, the demons were, obviously, with Nurgle was was flies and, and that kind of stuff. So pretty cool. Um, and that's all we have up there right now. So Yeah, that's a gorgeous commission. I like the pink alternate color scheme. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we're always taking new commissions. So if you'd like to get always. something painted up with us, hit us up at painting at frontlinegaming.org. Mm -hmm. Check out uh, flgpaintstudio.com for some more pictures. And, of course, if you're a painter out there and you're a professional. You got what it takes. You think you would like to work with us, which it's really nice to work with us as mm -hmm. a painter. Uh, we do a lot of the less enjoyable parts of the process and we'd be happy to take a look at what you got yeah so let's jump over and answer some questions and then we can wrap this baby up mm. uh tommy nick yes the points changes to the thunderfire cannon which was already in my opinion an auto take unit for space marines mm -hmm. it got significantly cheaper uh the points reduction was appropriate it was overpriced but the stratagem is so good if you're a Space Marine player and you're struggling, try the, the uh, Thunderfire Cannon. Try it with um, just using that stratagem like every turn that you can. I, you will, if you haven't done it yet in, this, in the edition, it'll blow your mind. It's ridiculously good. Mm -hmm. T-Silver, uh, we bring in any Termies with Combi Plasma back? Yeah, you definitely could. They went down in price significantly. All Terminator Army, baby. Somebody's going to do it. Yeah. Somebody better do it. I, I, I really think we'll Terminators a get a bad rap. Like... They're not the most efficient unit. I'm not going to like say you're going to go win a major with the Alternator Army, but I think you could win more games than you lose. Because if you Depends especially on who you play against, like if somebody, a lot of people don't have the tools. If for somebody it. has a lot of missile launchers, uh, Deviant Duck. No, we are not changing. Actually, missile launchers are a lot better against them than they used to be. What's well, because of the damage? Yeah, well, the, the AP the AP two is actually really good. Right, but it's the two. It's the two. Anything with multiple damage is bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the point I was trying to make. Terminators need an extra wound, extra attack, in my opinion. That yeah. would be really good, but. That, Points reduction Thing helps. To do. Yeah. Uh, no, we are not going to change to do the deployment uh, changes in 20, uh, chapter proof 2018. It is cool, but we've been doing it this way all season. We mm -hmm. didn't feel like it was a necessary change. However, totally can look at it for the uh, 2019 yeah. ITC season. Remember, the LBO is the end of the season. Uh, no, the Tau got made out like bandits, uh, T-Silver, in the chapter proof. I think they got a massive boost. Um, whether or not you know anybody out there thinks it was enough or whatever, we'll see. Mm -hmm. But I know Frankie is ecstatic because he is creaming people with his towel. Mm -hmm. uh, should have brought it last night. Yeah, you should have. But he does the whole like fifty sniper drones, twenty four trick. 
Yeah, it's nasty. Yeah. Or 27, excuse me. It is nasty. Uh, I guess I have to look at the glass half full. At least the castle didn't drop in points, says Focus Water. Yeah, I think you're one of the only people who's happy that the castle didn't go up in points. Yeah. But I, I think the castle list, like the math, or excuse me, the data is, is showing that it definitely got reduced in efficacy yeah. with the FAQ. It's, just, it's still one of the better armies in the game, but it's not the insanely dominating it's army. It's a good it unit. Was. It's just yeah. really... It's really expensive, point-wise, and you're going to basically blow your load within a couple turns. You, yeah, you run not, out of CP. Yeah, I mean, there was times when before the whole change happened where it was the end of the game and I had just as much CP as I started with. Yeah, which was absurd. So, yeah. Um, Justin Kippel, I'm bringing uh, punchy bots. I'm pretty sure six-inch charge. Man. Yeah, dude. Admic got... They got some serious love in Chapter Approved. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very excited to see them on the tables more because the models are brilliant. Mm -hmm. Uh, can I ask how much was that commission lost mystery? Why don't you email uh, Jason? I'm sure he doesn't know off the top of his head. We go, we, we complete multiple commissions a day. Mm -hmm. So uh, we don't always recall that stuff. And by the time we get the pictures to you, it's usually been a while since we actually finished it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you would like to take a look at something similar, I'm sure Jason can help you out. Yep. Who's ITC top top player though? You get Frankie. <laughs> it's not Frankie, that's for no. sure. Well, Frankie needs to play one, one army. Yeah, he switches yeah. a lot. Every single game he has a new army. Uh, Axis of Entry says he just listened to the latest chapter tactics and he highly recommends it. Yep, check it out. Get some different perspectives on some of the changes that have occurred. Plus, Jeff was in good form and he's funny as hell. Mm -hmm. uh, Mason Vason. The new Noise Marine makes my makes me excited in ways I shouldn't announce okay. on this stream. Yeah. Uh, any physical reactions? I, mine was similar to yours, buddy. Mine was somebody. Well, they just, they just had the one, right? The, but the it's so good. Dude. Collector's model they made. He has like yeah. kiss level platform high top or uh, right. boots. It's amazing. It does look good. Uh, I like stalkers as well for under 100 points now. Says Tommy Neck, especially with Bobby G. Yeah, Space Marines got a massive boost yeah. with chapter approved. Some of the people that were being negative on it, I was, I just didn't get it. I don't, I don't know what was causing it. They are way better mm -hmm. than they were. Yeah, power Armored Army's got so much better. All the war gear going down, so many of the core units going down. It yeah. added, it really adds up. It really adds up. Like the list I did really well with at Nova, I literally had the exact same list with two more units. Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I was still winning almost every single game I played with that army as it was. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Eh, people have their big reaction. I need to be I need to be better about it by just being a little bit more patient because it's old news to me, but mm -hmm. for other people it's new. And you got to let people have their big reaction and then they usually chill out. Um, what do you think about the race here becoming 100 points? I think it's great. <clears throat> Actually, you know what? I shouldn't say that because I don't remember what it was before. Who knows? So maybe good, thing. maybe bad. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think it went down quite a bit, actually. I can't remember. Uh, Justin Kibble, I'm actually taking Sisters Detachment with my admin because Exorcists are better than Doomcrawlers for cheaper now, in your opinion. Awesome. I hope they do well for you, man. Uh, Mason Basin, I love Chapter Approved 2018. I freaking love it. Yeah. Nice. I think most people will once they actually start seeing how much it positively impacts their list. Mm -hmm. um, I know all my lists went down dramatically. So at any rate, uh, thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed episode 620 of Signals from the Frontline. Remember, we do have that flash sale going for only a little while longer. If you want to pick up some FLG mats or some of the new ITC training at a really nice discount, please do. Mm -hmm. Store.frontlinegaming.org. 
And of course, we'll see you next week on. Oh wait, no, we won't. Christmas Day. That's right. Or it's the day after Christmas. It is. But uh, I think you will still be gone today. In Control TV says, Ooh. "I renewed my subscription. Take your shirt off." You know what I'm going to be doing on Christmas Day? Taking your shirt off? No, my sister oh. wrote me into going to uh, downtown Boise, and I'm going to be oh. handing out food. Oh. That's a nice thing to do, but it, it doesn't is. sound great. I feel like I'm. I'm. I. It's a really nice like, thing thanks, to do. Yes. Yeah. It'll 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 make me a better person. I don't know how much I'm actually going to like it. I might end up really liking it. Yeah. But it was kind of like, you know, that's one of those things when someone Good. asks you, you can't really say no, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you seem like such a jerk. I know. <laughs> but no, if anybody's in downtown Boise and you're looking for a free meal, come and find my sister and I and we'll feed you. Uh, I don't know exactly where, but. Sounds good. Uh, it's, a, it's in a restaurant. I'll, yeah. I, I can post it up if people want to do it. But at any rate, thank you all for joining us. We hope yep. you enjoyed the show. And I hope you all appreciate and enjoy uh, the updates uh, to the LVO ITC 40K format. Or even if you don't like it, um, at least it's all out there now and it's written down and we all have the same baseline. And again, I, I really want to give a heartfelt thank you to all the hundreds of TOs, especially the LVO judges who worked their asses off on this. And I do want to give a big shout out to Neil from the ETC, he helped a lot. Um, uh, he's a very experienced judge and he had some good insights. So thank you to everybody for making it happen uh, because it's not perfect, but it's a really, really good effort and I'm really proud of what they did. And I think it's gonna make the tournament experience more enjoyable for everybody. Until next time. <laughs>